I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we have with us Maya Bawadi, who is the author of Infinity Legion, a Legends of Infinity series novel, the very first one. Maya is a lover of YA fantasy, but there's this one thing about fantasy that really, really frustrates her, and it is the lose your power trope. She's going to tell us all about that and what we're going to do about it. Maya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We're excited. (laughs) I just want to let everyone know what we just said, that the cover of this is gorgeous. Yes. Second, it's about books with infinite power. I had to read that like twice to make sure, did she mean seven books? I was like, that is awesome that there's books out there with power that people are guarding Mm -hmm. instead of like a gem or something. So that made me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Forget rings of power. We have books of power. Exactly. So <laughs> Very now, please tell us what this trope is. Yeah. So the lose her power trope is a trope that is so prevalent in young adult fantasy. And not just young adult fantasy, but also fantasy that is for adults, but particularly marketed towards women. It's something that is so widespread. And essentially what happens is it usually happens in a book series where some sort of female character who has these world dominating powers usually is placed up against a male character with similar powers. As the series kind of grows and develops, that female character slowly gets more power than the male main character until the end of the series where she is forced to lose her power either by sacrifice. In some cases, it's it's simply a byproduct of domesticity at the end of the book. But in order for the book to reach its final conclusion, that female character has to lose her powers in some capacity, which returns that male character to that original status being the most powerful and having the most power. So I'm on board with not liking that either then. We, yeah, yeah, I'm we need to very frustrated that. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you had given me some examples of, of books where this was the case. Can you give the listeners those examples or a couple yeah, of them? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So specifically, I want to talk about Sarah J. Moss's books just first, because they are so incredibly popular right now. Even though that a lot of them are technically adult fantasy, they are very much marketed towards a young adult audience and a young adult female audience. So a couple of her books that I really wanted to point out, A Court of Silver Flames, which is her most recent book, Kingdom of Ash, which is the final book in the Throne of Glass series, A Court of Wings and Ruin, which is technically the final book of the the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, that's of that original trilogy, it's that final book, as well as Circe by Madeline Miller, that's also present in there. But it's not just books. It's also prevalent in tons of movies. We see it over and over again. Uh, I picked out a couple of examples from the Marvel Universe. Wanda Maximoff, The Scarlet Witch, and Jane Foster, The Mighty Thor are the two big ones. But also for all you Vampire Diary fans out there, Elena Gilbert, at the end of The Vampire Diaries, loses her vampire power. She's no longer a vampire anymore. She's back to being a human. Sorry. Sorry. It's been out for quite a while. Yeah, I think there's like a statute of limitations on spoiler alerts, so I don't think... (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a commonly known fact at this point. Yeah. So why do you think this is such a prevalent 
trope because the books that you're describing, I think a lot of people would describe as, you know, books with strong female characters, right? There's that catch Mm -hmm. phrase. So why do you think that this is popping up so much in those books that supposedly have strong female characters? Oh, it's 100% just misogyny. I mean, it is as much as these people and these authors are trying to create these strong female characters, it is this internalized misogyny that stops them from creating characters that are truly strong, that can be stronger than their male counterparts. And the easiest way to look at it that way is simply by looking at that male counterpart, who at the beginning of the series is often the strongest, and who by the end of the series gets to retain that, even though the series is about this female character coming into her powers. She loses it by the end, and he retains that title of being the strongest. So it's 100% rooted in misogyny. And it's this commonly held idea that a woman, her place is in the household, very commonly held societal notion. And, you know, even in the biggest fantasy books, it it feels like we're still pulling those things into them when fantasy is meant to be escapism. That's not necessary. I do get very frustrated when I read a book I really like, but then the happy ending is that she gets married and has a kid. When that wasn't the point of any anything that came before, it's like that's Mm -hmm. the only happily ever after you get is gets married, has a kid. There's nothing wrong with that, but there are other happilies, right? There are other ways Mm -hmm. to find a place in the world. So you can still be a monster hunter and have a kid. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Shelly's Shelly's like uh, teasing her new book here. (laughs) Looking forward to it. But I was desperately trying to think of examples of where the woman does keep her powers. And I'm drawing a complete blank, which makes me sad. Yeah, it's (laughs) so sad. It's, I think of one of the examples that people pull from is Twilight, that Bella does keep her powers at the end. But at the end of the day, Bella is still reduced to a life of domesticity. She has a child by the end of Breaking Dawn. Renesme eventually just becomes her entire life. Her entire role in Breaking Dawn is mother. And that, you know, that big conflict that Bella has between every her and the rest of the Cullens is that she wants to become a mother. She's willing to give up her life to become a mother when that was not her goal in the other three books. Bella Mm -hmm. never saw her path of becoming a mother. She wanted Edward in her life. She was willing to give up motherhood. And a lot of people believe that she got the best of both worlds. But at the end of the day, that's not what she wanted. And that's still what she ended up being. That She was reduced to the role of motherhood, which there was nothing wrong with being a mother. But you can certainly be, there are other places for a woman to be and other places for a woman to end up. Yeah. And I think there is a, a huge societal idea that motherhood is the default. Yes. And there are lots of women out there who that's not the choice that they want to make. Mm-hmm. And child-free by choice is a thing. And there are lots of women who are are in that space and choosing that space. And I would love to see some more literature that reflects that. So that brings us to your book. And I know we're only in the first book of this series, so maybe Mm -hmm. you can't give us too much because we don't want any spoilers for a series that's Mm -hmm. not written yet. But what can you tell us about your main character and and her keeping of her power yeah. or even just what her powers are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Infinity Legion follows an 18-year-old girl named Soleil Yamanu. She is a student and a soldier at this place called the Academy of the Undying Army. 
within this fantasy world, these various realms have different purposes. She lives in the realm of Lex, which is the military realm of this world. And she's a soldier and she's a student. Now, throughout the book, we see her kind of growing into this power of as a soldier. She begins climbing up the ranks. She eventually will become general and second in command of the entire army, the first mortal general and second in command of the army, when that is a role that tended to only belong to men and to immortal men at that. So she's the first female general, and she's also the first mortal general. But towards the end of the book, we, we see her growing into this soldier power. She's still very much immortal. By the end of the book, I will say that, of course, um, obviously no spoilers, but I will say that she does not lose her power at the end. That would kind of be a little <laughs> hypocritical of me to be talking about the lose her power joke and then she loses her power at the end. But this book doesn't exactly focus on magical powers just yet. It's a little teaser to future books. But it doesn't necessarily focus on magical powers yet. It focuses very much on political power. There's tons of political political intrigue in my novel. And it's a book about her climbing up the ranks and essentially becoming the writer of her own story in a world very much dominated by men. Of course, it's the military, lots of soldiers around. But she has her sights set very high. She wants to become general. She wants to literally lead the army. And this book is her journey to do that. And I will say that she does not lose her powers at the end. Um, you'll have to read to see what happens with her actual powers. But it is a political... How many books will be in the series? Or do you know yet? Maybe this will go on for some time. (laughs) Yeah, I plan on writing three. It's always been a planned trilogy in my head. The second I got the idea for the story, it was always a trilogy. The funny thing is that when I first got the idea for this book, for this story, I did not get the idea for the first book. I actually got the idea for the second book and I had to figure out how to get there. That's when the first book came out. But yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a trilogy. I've left little threads and bits in there to possibly, you know, write a prequel novel down the line. But for now, it is certainly a trilogy. Awesome. So I think an important point as we talk about women of power is to talk about you and what you're up to, because (laughs) my understanding is that you're a political science major right now. Yes. And so you decided while in college, which is basically just an exercise in constantly reading and writing everything, that you wanted to write a novel and Mm -hmm. publish it. Yeah. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's actually kind of a funny story. So it was my freshman year of college last year, and I graduated high school a year early. So I was was 17. Ooh, awesome. I was 17 (laughs) when I was in my first year of college. And I was, you know, I was just going through college. I was learning politics and I, I adore politics, which is a very interesting thing. And I always get odd looks when I, when I say that, but I adore politics. I find it absolutely fascinating. And slowly this idea for a book crept into my head. I had just read The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, which is politics, fantasy politics. And this idea for this book came into my head that was fantastical and political and that took all of these tropes that I hated, like the lose her power trope, and flipped them on their head. Nice. And NaNoWriMo was coming up. It was it was just <laughs> around the end of October. And NaNoWriMo was coming up. And I was like, I, I can't do NaNoWriMo in the middle of college. Like, I'm getting close to finals. That's not going to happen. So I was like, I'll push it to December. I had the entire month of December off from college. I was like, I pushed it to December. November 3rd rolled around and I started writing. 
I <laughs> I did not complete NaNoWriMo. I got 35,000 words that month. Nice. Which was, it was pretty good. I was very proud of myself. You know, I was doing finals for college, so it, it went pretty well. But the second I was off of school, immediately full force into the book. I wrote 100,000 words in December oh, of last year. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the first draft of Infinity was 130,000 words. So it was it was quite a lot. And it I mean the words just literally were coming out of me like they were waiting inside of me for so long just to be written and put down on paper. And it was that like I was like I have I have to do it. I would stay up till 3 in the morning writing just constant 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 creating the story. And it was I felt absolutely insane afterwards. I was like, I how did I crank out 130,000 words in my first year of college? I don't know. But it's just something that happened. I'm so lucky that the writing process was so easy for this book. But it was a very like unconscious decision. It wasn't something that I was trying to put more work on myself. I really tried not to do NaNoWriMo and then I just did. It was like the words were just they were there. They needed to be put out on paper. It was your time. You had to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And especially that I got the idea for the second book first. It was like, I, well, I need to know how to get there. So <laughs> I just I just kept writing and writing. And that's that's how we got to this first book. Oh, oh my goodness. So and then <laughs> did you know how to publish? Were you were you up on the publishing thing? Or did you then have to go? Oh, I have this book. Now what do I do? It was a little bit of both. So I was writing this book and I was obviously telling my family that I was writing this book and immediately it was like, okay, well, what are you going to do with it when you're done? I'm like, well, I want to publish it. I want to see what happens. So I, I was reading up on publishing and obviously, you know, there's traditional publishing and there's indie publishing. And at the time, traditional publishing was an absolute mess. I, it still is from what I understand. That, <laughs> the time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it wasn't that long ago. It was less than a year ago. It's still a mess, primarily due to COVID. But these agents are getting hundreds of thousands of submissions, you know, within a three month period. And it, it didn't seem like the place for me. It kind of felt like the whole publishing industry was on fire, regardless of COVID. And just little things like, you know, racism within the publishing industry and misogyny within the publishing industry. That was not something that I wanted to do. I wanted to give my book the fairest shot that I could and give it all the attention that I believed it deserved. So self-publishing became like the obvious answer and the obvious choice. And it was what I understood at the time, self-publishing is what you make of it. And I want to give my book the best shot. I wanted to give it the traditional publishing treatment. You know, I wanted to make sure I was getting solid editors and I wanted to make sure I was getting a really great cover design and the interior layout, just every step, giving it the love that I truly believed it deserved. But a lot of research went into it. It was not something that came overnight at all. So did you hire a, a team of people or particular people to do all these various tasks? Or, or what route did you take? Yeah, I decided to hire individual people for individual things. So for something like the cover, I hired a freelancer on Fiverr. Same thing for the interior layout, freelancer on Fiverr. My editor was a freelancer. Just every step of the way, I wanted to hire people who were in similar situations that I was in these you know, small businesses. Because I think I was going to be a small business. And if, at the end of the day, that's what you are when you are an indie published author, is you are your own small business. I knew that I wanted to support other small businesses and other people who have helped authors on this path. So that's where all of my people who helped me put this awesome book together came from. So that brings us back to 
now you're trying to market and write the second book while still in college. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, this is time intensive. Are, are you feeling like you have the time to put into it to do all this? Or what are you finding to be the thing you focus on the most to do your marketing? Yeah, for sure. I think as with anything, you have to put the time if you want to see the results. And mm -hmm. while I am a college student, and while I take a lot of credit hours and I have a lot of work, it's something that if I truly believe in my book, that I need to make time to do these things. So any little bits and pieces of time that I have, it's going towards this book. For marketing in particular, it's TikTok. That seems okay. to be my biggest thing. Young adult fantasy is so, so popular on TikTok. And that's where I put the vast majority of my marketing effort. It's in making these cool videos. And before I even wrote this book, uh, about two years ago, I had my own BookTok account that had, you know, like 2,500 followers. So I had this idea of how to market a book, how to make a book mm -hmm. popular just by, you know, spending my couple years on BookTok. So it was something that came very natural was marketing it on TikTok. Of course, there are plenty of other ways to market your book, you know, Amazon ads and stuff that mm -hmm. I'm still learning how to use. But for now, TikTok has been my primary way of marketing the book. And it's just making time and being intentional about the time that I'm making. Fabulous. So what's the timeline for book two to come out? I am. <laughs> that's a really great question. I am really hoping. So at this very moment, I book two's idea has been in my head for a very long time. Obviously, it was the idea that came first. And it's been sitting in my head kind of, I call it cooking for a little bit. <laughs> and hopefully, I really want to follow the same schedule that I did for this first book. We'll see what happens because it was a little intense. I wrote it in two months, but I'm kind of in the outlining phase at this point. Mm -hmm. It's ever since writing this first book, I ever, every time I've gotten like a little bit of information that I'm like, oh, this would work perfect for the second book. I type it in my notes app. I've written whole scenes already for the second book. It's nice. just a matter of knowing where they're going and how I'm going to get there and how I'm going to get to these scenes. But hopefully, the second book will release um, on Halloween of next year. So we get a book a year and they're all on Halloween, which is very exciting. <laughs> hey, you have NaNoWriMo coming up. I mean, November 1st is coming. Let's go. Yes. I know. <laughs> Actually, I know. as of when this is playing, November 1st is passed. So you better be partway through. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. We're, in I fact, know. I think three weeks in. So Keep it up. You're doing great. Your your yes. nano novel is perfect. It's exactly what it needs it to be. Mm -hmm. And all you need to do is get words on the page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Little nano pep talk there. Yeah. If people, Maya, if people want to keep track of what you're doing and and see what you're up to, you mentioned your TikTok. Where can they find you online? Yeah. So um the easiest way to find me is literally just by typing infinitylegion.com. You will end up at my link tree which is, has every single one of my links to Goodreads, to my Amazon author page, to TikTok, to Instagram, everywhere. I tend to be most active on TikTok, but I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. All of my handles are Maya Bawadi author, but infinitylegion.com is the easiest way to get everything. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for educating us about this horrible trope that needs to end. Yes. And thank you so much uh, for having me. You're welcome. And I, th I hope that all the people listening are now thinking about how they can write their own books where the woman gets to keep her power because we need more of that. That's right. We definitely do. It's really sad that we were only able to pull a couple of examples. Like, 
very I know you can do a thesis on it (laughs) oh yeah for sure (laughs) believe me I'm considering it (laughs) well this is awesome it's been awesome to have you everyone go check out her TikTok and you know the book because the cover as we were saying very pretty so yeah go go do the thing we'll see you real soon and you're doing great on your nano novel (laughs) you all are you all are